1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: If you lost Survivor and you're feeling down, David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll
1: break down the rules and they'll show you how you played yourself and got
0: voted out. This is why Blank lost. Welcome to this week's more somber than usual edition of Why Blank Lost. I'm David Bloomberg, and along with my co-host, Jessica Lewis, we're here to discuss the double episode of Survivor and cover some topics neither of us ever expected to be podcasting about.
1: Mm, that's an understatement, yes.
0: Yeah. So this is not going to be an easy podcast, and it's not because of any difficulty in figuring out what happened to Kelly and Jamal in the game. You know, poor Jessica can't even really celebrate me losing my winner pick like she usually would.
1: I know I really can't. This has changed the dynamics completely of how we will be talking about this today, I think.
0: Yeah. Uh, Now, on the one hand, we are here to talk about Kelly and Jamal. On the other hand, A lot more happened in this episode besides just Kelly and Jamal getting voted out. Mm -hmm. As you know, as regular listeners know, the point of this podcast is to go through my rules and evaluate how those two did using all of the available information. Now, CBS hasn't had Kelly and Jamal interviews yet, probably to give everyone time to take a deep breath. But we went through all last season without interviews, and there's plenty of other information that's available for us.
1: Yes. And it's only fair to... Kelly and Jamal that we give them the time that they deserve and that we do discuss their game in addition to the other components of the episode which we will also discuss but it, it's only fair to them that they get to actually hear our thoughts on how they played the game despite everything else that happened if they want to yeah and that is true they don't have to listen but other people might be interested too I, yeah. don't, I don't want to end up shortchanging them and the time that they deserve coming from us Should they desire to listen or should they not or should other people be interested? So we will eventually be discussing their games like we do with everyone else who gets voted out.
0: Yeah. And uh, that means this is going to be a longer than usual podcast, not just because it's a double. Um, Now, I, I do want to give everyone listening a heads up from the outset that I think we're going to find out that as much as some people may want us to say Kelly and Jamal got voted out due to the Dan situation, Things are not nearly that straightforward, you know, as we'll get to. We'll talk about how much of a contributing factor it was as we go through the rules. But there were multiple things happening at the same time. And while none of it was happening in a vacuum, it's still our job to stay focused on the reasons for Kelly and Jamal getting voted out. Mm-hmm. That said, we're going to talk about the whole situation first before we get into the rules. And we're going to do it the why Blank Lost way, using analysis and logic as much as possible in this very emotional situation. We'll pick it apart, Detective Dean style, to get to the bottom of what happened as best we can. Yes. So before we fully get into it, I want to acknowledge that I am in a very strange situation because I always preach strategy above all else. And throughout this season in particular, we have repeatedly talked about the quote from Harry on the most recent Australian survivor, People should play to win.
1: Mm-hmm. When,
0: when some people this season have played for other reasons, we've chastised them for that. But there is a line, and we saw that line crossed. Yes. Back when Johnny Fairplay told his dead grandma lie, many of us writing for my old website, Reality News Online, thought that was beyond the pale and outside the game, and it was the worst thing we'd ever seen. Fast forward to now, doesn't even come close. I had already changed my opinion on that particular thing over the years to accept it as gameplay. That's never going to happen with a situation like this.
1: Yeah. I think that this is one of those situations that it's so troubling and, and I hate to even use the word disgusting, but that's, that's a word Mm. that, that keeps repeating itself in my head that there is a line. And I know that people who go on to this, Onto reality television, always have to ask themselves, how far will you go? What lines will you be willing to cross? And we hear it in their pregame interviews and they talk about their willingness to lie and cheat and steal and backstab. And I think all of that has its own meaning in a way when you're talking about gameplay. But there is a line and that's a conversation that everybody has to have with themselves before going out there is that moral compass and how do you want to be perceived by the world while you are playing this game and the decisions that you're making in order to win. And that's really a conversation that everybody before they play this game needs to have with themselves. When you're out there playing the game, you have to continue to have that conversation with yourself. What is worth a million dollars to you? And, I do think that there is a line and I think that all of us, as we watched that two hour episode saw that line very clearly or not necessarily the first time, but I think the most, the most incredible representation of that line that I think we've seen yet on survivor.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. And, you know, like I said, I have always been one that says you do what you need to do, but, Nowhere in my wildest nightmares did I think that it would come to what we saw, Mm -hmm. that it it was, I don't know, implied that it would never, you know, that that would never happen. Um, So, yeah, it just took us in a whole new direction.
1: Well, and I guess it's one of those things that no one really knows What any one person is going to do when they're playing Survivor. And I don't even know if people who go out there to play, and I'm someone who did go out there to play, you have an idea of how you want to play the game and you have an idea of how you want to be portrayed and represented and seen. But there are decisions that you can make that will affect that. You know, people talk about their edit and they talk about things that CBS doesn't show or CBS does show. And it's unfortunate that. This is what we ended up observing because nobody had really prepared anyone for something like this, because I think nobody really thought that it would ever that this would ever be part of a game like this. You know, so this is a whole new. This is a whole new topic that we now have to try to digest and play out in a game of strategy and a game where people are backstabbing and lying and. And we see people lying to each other all the time on this game. But this is something that I don't think anyone ever really considered we'd have to even talk about or think about as part of a strategy. And so I think everyone is kind of reeling from that, that this this idea that this could even be considered strategy is something no one can understand. I I really can't. I really can't.
0: Yeah. So let's let's go ahead and and. We've already started, but let, let's go ahead and, and go over the things that we saw and try to fill in some of the blanks along the way. This began, of course, back in the first episode. You know, As we saw, Dan was too touchy-feely and made some of the women, primarily Kelly, uncomfortable. As Jeff Probst said in an Entertainment Weekly interview at the time, Kelly not only had the confidence and the courage to stand up for herself, she confronted Dan head on with the issue and explained in detail what was bothering her. She remained open to believing he did not intend it, but still let him know very clearly that she would not tolerate it. After the conversation, Dan seemed receptive to learning that he needs to alter his behavior around her and others. Well, fast forward to last week when we saw Dan's hands moving all around at night in the shelter and heard from several other of the women about that very issue. And, well, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, Um, well, and then then the merge brought Kelly and Dan under the same roof again. And as much as it may have seemed like Dan got the message when Kelly talked to him previously, he either had a really short memory or he didn't actually get it.
1: Yeah, and you've got to have a lot of respect for Kelly in the way that she approached the issue with Dan because she didn't shy away from it. She did the thing that. So many people in especially where we are in this environment want women to be able to do a stand up and say how they're feeling or how they're responding to certain things. And she did that and she didn't do it in an insulting fashion. She was very clear. She was very straightforward. And there did seem to be an understanding initially by Dan. And so I think in that moment, everyone saw that happen and we thought, okay, well, that was a thing. And. Now it's been addressed and she addressed it in a very mature fashion and now we can move on. But yes, exactly as you said, clearly it didn't have an impact on Dan and maybe it was because of how it was being handled after Kelly. Maybe no one else was saying anything to Dan until it really got to that point again at the merge. And so in his mind, and I don't know how what he was thinking or what his thought process was but no one was speaking up so he went back to the same behavior that had been accepted i would assume previous in his existence and so that's what he fell back into
0: yeah i mean even if none of the other women said anything kelly still had yes 100 percent. kelly was now back with him Which tells me, you know, earlier I said either he had a short memory or didn't actually get it. I I think he didn't actually get it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, But in the meantime, Kelly and Missy at the merge had a long conversation about Dan, and that was the personal side of it. On the game side, Kelly knew that Missy was a dangerous player and wanted to target her as a threat. Kelly told this to Tommy and Lauren people she thought were her allies, but Lauren immediately told Missy. Of course, this made them want to target Kelly in response and simultaneously made them believe that Kelly was insincere in the conversation about Dan. With that in mind, Kelly encouraged Elizabeth to play up the idea that Dan made her uncomfortable to get on the good side of Kelly and Janet, even though Elizabeth apparently wasn't actually uncomfortable. As Jeff Probst put it in his interview with Josh after the episode, she's just using the situation as leverage to help engineer a blindside against Kelly. So, you know, then the idea of targeting Dan started spreading around and got back to Kelly, who of course went along with it now, even though she had been willing to put it aside for game reasons, except it was all a ploy and done for opposing game reasons to vote out Kelly.
1: Yeah. And I think what's so. Frustrating about how all of this unfolded was that that conversation between Kelly and Missy, I think, was full of validation for Kelly. Kelly was sharing with Missy something and Missy was right there with her that that's happened to me, too. And and yes, he's done the same thing. And it makes me uncomfortable. And 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 giving her examples of things that he's done To her, touching her inappropriately. So Kelly was feeling very validated. And I think that was a very genuine moment of two people connecting over an issue that's a difficult issue. And to have someone validate your feelings like that is incredible when you're dealing with a a difficult situation. And both of them acknowledged that they were kind of in a tough spot because if you say anything, it could negatively affect their game. So, unfortunately, they're living this very real thing that's personally offensive to each of them, but they're also trying to play this game. And to have Kelly be validated in that fashion, but then they both have to keep playing the game, that's just one level. But then to have Missy turn it into a strategy in order to further her wanting to play the game and targeting. Kelly, that's that's where things really took a huge shift, because that was a moment that could have been handled so much differently. I understand you have to continue to play the game, and I understand that that each of you has to strategize and and figure out how you want to play the game. But that decision to utilize that information as their as their only play that they had left when Missy presented that information to Elizabeth that was how she described it this is the only play that we've got that's not true there's there's that is the worst decision that could have been made at that moment that this is the only play that you've got because you took something that was so real and raw and honest and then just totally threw it to the side for a game and that that's where things took a huge shift down a very, very wrong path.
0: Yeah. Now, you know, as far as the conversation, like you said, you know, the, the Missy Kelly conversation. Both, you know, both of that, Kelly was obviously getting a lot of validation, but I think Missy, it was really a heart to heart for her, too. And oh, I, I believe time, you. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know I, that at the time I said it had to be devastating for Missy, even as much of a gamer as she is to think that she had a heart-to-heart for two hours only to find out that Kelly was planning to vote her out. And, you know, that's what they believed, I think, that they believed that it was a ploy by Kelly when it, it, it obviously wasn't. I mean, we know that. And as we watched, you know, what was happening there, I, along with many others, you just talked about it, felt gross about what Missy and Elizabeth were doing, and I still do. Mm -hmm. But here's where it gets a little more complicated than it might have seemed at first. So, as I mentioned, Kelly targeting Missy made them believe Kelly was insincere in the conversation about Dan. So I think in their minds, in their minds, if Kelly could use this for game reasons, then they justified it. They rationalized it and said, so can we. And, you know, to, to further explain how I got to this point, Part is from what we saw on the show. Elizabeth said, Janet approached me about voting Dan out, and I know for a fact that she's lying to my face. We know that they are going to vote for Missy, so this Dan talk is smoke and mirrors. That's Janet's plan to pull the wool over my eyes. Put into the context of knowing what happened, it's another piece of the puzzle to show their mindset. And it also makes sense in the context of Elizabeth later accusing Janet of using it as game strategy, which made absolutely no sense when I first watched it. I was like, what are you talking about? You're the ones using it as game strategy. Well, that's because I think this is what Elizabeth and Missy thought, that Janet and Kelly were the ones using game strategy, so they were just flipping it on the head. And, you know, so that's where, you know, that's where I got to at this point.
1: Uh, Well, and I do think that That that's potentially the case, that they were all thinking that people were using this as game strategy. But I have to respect the way in which Janet tried to approach this, because this is one of those situations where I almost feel like everybody needed to call a timeout. And I feel like Janet was the only one that was willing to call a timeout and really Mm -hmm. approach everything head on. She went right to Dan and she talked to Dan directly she went right to the girls and talked to the girls directly. Then she brought them in a group together and made them talk to each other directly. She was the only one that was willing to step up and do what is, what appeared to be the right thing in such a situation where for one, for one second, we have to just stop playing this game. We have, and I know that's extremely difficult to say to anyone who's out there playing survivor, but sometimes there are bigger things happening than the game. And this is one of those situations where I think Janet recognized there are bigger things happening here than the game. And she even said it, that her vote that she was making, and I know I'm jumping ahead, but it was for standing up to what was right. So she she had taken the game out of the equation and, and was doing what she thought was right. And so I think her approach was so much better than anyone else's approach because she was willing to, to face it head on and force people to have to talk about it. And it was an opportunity for everyone to realize what was happening if they had had a conversation, if they had, had a real conversation. And instead, it turned into lying and uh, changing versions of events. And, and I think just manipulating the situation in every which way that they could, depending upon who they were talking to. You know, it was when they were talking to Dan, it was being presented as if they never had a problem with Dan and everything was fine. So they're they're now reaffirming Dan's behavior because mm-hmm. they're telling Dan, oh, no, we want to sleep next to you. Oh, no, we've never we've never had an issue. Well, that's not true because we just saw Missy have a two hour conversation with Kelly where she's being validated and Kelly's being validated. And then this is what she's saying to the person who she just spent all of this time saying made her uncomfortable and touched her inappropriately. and. And that's where it's really troubling is that it was a moment for everybody to kind of wake up for a second and say, you know what, let's just put it all out on the table and and get past this moment and then we can play the game. I do understand that there was this idea that they were all thinking the other person was using it as a strategy to further their game, but I think the way that Janet was presenting it was showing that that wasn't what she was doing. She was actually trying to do what was the right thing in a really horrible situation.
0: Yeah, I would say it should have shown them that. that It should have. They had this mindset. I mean, Janet, and nothing against Janet, because she's the hero here, but she would have had to be the biggest strategic mastermind To come up with this idea, we're going to use this Dan thing to Ah, blindside mm -hmm. you. And I'm going to have these special meetings and discussions. But they got it in their heads. I believe that that's what was happening. Because you look at the apologies that have come out from Tommy, Missy, Elizabeth, Lauren. They all said some version of not knowing all the facts at the time. So, for example, Tommy said, Sitting and watching it back and having all the facts in front of me certainly changes my perspective on what was happening. Elizabeth said, after watching the episode, my eyes were open to a completely different truth, and I received an abundance of information that I was entirely unaware of while playing the game. I had no idea the severity of the situation. As a player, I am limited to my own experiences, and knowing what I know now, my decisions would have been very different. Now, I know a lot of people have said it looks like an excuse from people who came off looking very bad this week. But those players weren't the only ones saying it. Jamal similarly said in his social media post, you simultaneously know more than we did out there, and you know less than we do about what happened out there. Janet, the hero, also said something similar. And neither of those two have anything to hide or apologize for. That's right. what really got me onto this was that I just really do think that you know, they they didn't know how bad things were from Kelly. They thought it was a strategy. They got this mindset. You know the paranoid mindset of Survivor. And they mm-hmm. got so locked into it that I just don't think they knew how bad they were, how bad things were from Kelly's viewpoint. Now
1: well, I'm gonna jump in here for just two no, seconds. Fine. I don't think that they were. I, it's one of those situations where oh, this is just it's I'm struggling. This is hard mm-hmm. because I think that. Because Missy and Kelly had that conversation and because there there was a shared experience that Missy should have walked away from it and said, you know what? Kelly said these things to me and and these same things happened to me. So I know that what Kelly is telling me has to be true because that's exactly what I experienced and Elizabeth experienced things similarly as well and so all of these these women had had a shared experience and instead of looking at it as a shared experience and saying you know what we know that this actually did happen and we should be looking at it from that light and and not as if Kelly is trying to manipulate us into making us feel comfortable because we know this actually did happen because it happened to me. It happened to you. So really, we're supposed to think that Kelly is somehow using this to further her game and make us feel comfortable. To me, it's just it, it doesn't compute. It doesn't add up in my head that that they that they didn't have enough of a of a mindset to look at it and say, you know what? Yes, we're playing survivor and yes, we want to win a million dollars. And yes, we need to strategize. And we, but because, because they were able to make a decision to utilize it strategically. And that's, I think the difference is that they were processing this and they were thinking about it and their final decision was we were going to use this to further our game. I don't, I didn't get from their conversations that they thought that that Kelly was using it. I, I know Lauren said that Kelly is trying to make you feel comfortable so she can target you. But I, I don't feel like I don't know. It's so I'm sorry. It's just so hard. It's just so yeah, hard yeah. to to wrap my brain around anyone thinking that that was the correct response instead of going back to Kelly and saying, listen, Kelly, I need to talk to you. I want right. to I want to work through this. We just spent all this time talking. I want to work through this with you again because they were all aware that this was actually happening.
0: Yeah, I think that they like you look at Elizabeth and even though the same things were happening to her, she it, it didn't make her uncomfortable. And I'll I'll I, we'll get to that in a minute. I different levels of touch, personal space, etc make different people feel different ways. Yes. And I think they were not putting themselves in her shoes. I, I do think that they should have known for the reasons that you mentioned. And also it was a special meaning on the topic, you yes. know, by producers. But I, I just think they believe Kelly was using it as a strategy. So they turned it around and used it as a strategy back against her. And I need to be very clear here. I do not in any way condone using it as a strategy, even if they believe someone else is. So I think that's where their statements about not knowing what was going on, I think there's a gaping hole there. Yeah. If if they thought Kelly was using it as a strategy, they had a number of choices about what they could do. Mm-hmm. You already brought one up. Go back to her. Uh Talk to her. They could have talked about her behind her back, about how terrible it was, and voted her out for that reason. It still wouldn't have been right by Kelly, But at least it wouldn't have been using it this way. Right. Uh, They could have talked to the producers. There was already an open line of communication about this. They could have talked to the producers about how their meeting was being misused. You know, on Big Brother, they say, don't use production as a strategy. Now, those rules aren't quite the same on Survivor, but I've got to think if producers had a meeting that said, stop acting this way and a player was like, hoo hoo, I'm going to use this as a, uh, as a strategy here that if someone complained about it, they'd say, hold on a second here. We told you this to calm you down, not to get you, you know, using it in some way.
1: Yeah. And instead the response, Elizabeth essentially lied. And that's, I think that's the part that makes it so horrifying for, for women who are watching this, who have spent time struggling with getting people to believe them. Right. You know, this is the environment that we're in right now where. I'm sorry, I didn't want to do this, but it's very. It's very hard to. Find a voice and Kelly was finding her voice. She had found validation. She was hearing it from other women who were. Going through the same thing. And yes, you are 100 percent correct when you say that. Some people are more affected from inappropriate touching than others. Everybody has their own, their own levels of what is and is not okay. And and because Elizabeth is is okay with it and didn't have a problem with it is one thing. She can be okay with it and she can be comfortable with it. But then to use it in such a fashion and to lie and embellish and and go back to those people who are trying to protect her and are trying to protect Kelly and are trying to protect Missy people like Janet and lie about what, how you were actually feeling about it and how it actually made you feel when that's not the truth. That is that line that we talked about at the beginning that you don't cross. I understand that survivor is a game of, of deceit, but in this world that we live in and in this, environment that we find ourselves in to take it to that level that is that is just unacceptable because that's that's the problem that women ex- have experienced and not just women anyone and I shouldn't limit it to women and I'm sorry that I just did anyone who has been in a situation where they have been made to feel uncomfortable and that they have been made to feel like they have been violated in some fashion should be able to speak up about it and they want to be believed, and they have been silenced for so long to then have someone use that tactic to further a game for a million dollars is very dis- dis- disheartening and disturbing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, they had these options, they could have done different things, but none of these options should have included. Even if they thought Kelly was doing it, none of them should have said, well, if Kelly can do it, we can do it. Right. It's it's just wrong. Yes. Wrong. No matter who does it. Yes. It's not Mm -hmm. two wrongs make a right. Exactly. And I see no excuse for it. On top of that, if we fast forward to the second episode of the night. Remember, Elizabeth was so sure that Janet was BSing her, as I quoted earlier. Why didn't she backtrack? track her position and apologize after Janet and company did vote against Dan in that first tribal council, because Mm -hmm. Elizabeth said it was a fact that Janet was lying to her and they were going after Missy, but then they didn't go after Missy. Right. And the actual fact did not change Elizabeth's stance one iota as far as we could see. Mm -hmm. She's apologized now and said in no world is it acceptable to use Kelly's accusations against Dan as gameplay. That's exactly what she did.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh, completely. And I think that we should also look at where Janet's mind was with that vote for Dan. And I thought that she put it in a really incredible way when she was talking to Jamal and her response to when Jamal presented her with this idea of voting out Dan. She said that she felt a great deal of relief because some of the girls have come to her and they were upset about being in his presence and that Jamal coming to Her confirmed in her heart that it was the right thing to do, but it was really hard for her because she really, really did like Dan. However, this is a moral decision that I'm making, and I just have a personal and emotional need to have these girls feel okay, and I'm going to do what's best for them. So that's the response that Janet had to all of this was she was able to remove the game aspect from what was right and what was wrong. And the fact that Elizabeth never got there, that Missy never got there, even after the Dan vote, which is such a great point to make, that they were able to see that Dan was voted for. And there still was no corrective action. There still was no apology. There still was no fixing it. And we even saw Missy say that now Janet's like basically target number one. Mm -hmm. In response to it. And so instead of looking at it and realizing, oh, maybe we were misreading the situation and maybe maybe we handled it incorrectly. They continued to compile and and put more on top of it and still reaffirm Dan's behavior. And Dan didn't clearly seem to take, it was almost like Dan was choosing what he wanted to hear. Like, oh, these, these people over here are telling me I'm fine. Okay, great. I'm just going to discount the one over here that said I wasn't. And it, it just, it all, it just continued to snowball instead of somebody like Janet trying to stop it. And Janet stopping it, suddenly she became ostracized and she became the person that everyone was targeting and angry with when she was the one that was really the only one looking at this from right versus wrong
0: yeah yeah so now i i I do want to make a quick side note here and you know we've talked about missy and elizabeth but whatever we have said about them i do think on social media lauren has been unfairly lumped in with those two because as far as i can tell correct me if i'm wrong She didn't make the claims of being uncomfortable to use as a strategy. She informed Missy that she was a target, which did indeed set off the whole chain of events. But that doesn't put her in the same camp as the other two who are actually making those claims. And in response to accusations on Twitter, including from Big Brothers Janelle, she said, I did not know anyone lied about the situation. I definitely did not or wouldn't ever. I spoke my truth. That's all I know. She also apologized to Kelly and Janet, saying that she had her own experiences and feelings toward Dan, but she spoke with him and it stopped. Uh, Furthermore, after the merge, she did not know the full extent of Kelly's feelings regarding Dan. I mean, take that as you will, but I do think it's worth noting. I don't think she belongs in the same camp as the other two.
1: And this I kind of went back and forth on this one, and I think that I think that part of the problem for Lauren and why she has been lumped in is because of that conversation that she had with Missy Mm -hmm. where Missy walked away from that conversation feeling it appeared feeling a particular way about it. And Lauren is the one that kind of set the idea in motion that Kelly is just trying to make you feel comfortable. And, took some of that took some of the meaning of that conversation, I think away from Missy by doing that and then telling Missy that she was a target. So in a very weird way, Lauren is kind of the one that put this idea in Missy's head that Kelly is being untruthful to you. Right. And that started the wheel spinning, which then caused Missy to go to Elizabeth and then, Turned this into, well, this is now going to be our strategy and this is what we're going to do and got Janet roped in. And so I think that's why Lauren ended up getting uh, put into the group because of how she set that set those wheels turning for Missy by telling Missy that. And I so yeah. Lauren probably should have taken a different approach, I think, in that in that conversation with missy where listen if you want to tell missy that she's you know her name's come up and her name is a target missy said to her well why did she just spend you know two hours talking to me on the beach and her response well she wants you to feel comfortable she wants you know how do you feel right now don't you you don't feel like she's a threat to you or whatever however she ended up Mm -hmm. phrasing it but you know that's one of those situations too where i think the the conversation could have been presented differently. Like, yeah, well, listen, she's targeting you or, you know, maybe because just you're a threat and maybe she really did have a genuine moment with you on the beach. But I just want you to know that, yes, that your name has come up. And I think that's why Lauren likely got lumped in, because that's where it all kind of started from.
0: Yeah. As far as Lauren, I mean, as far as we know, she did not know all of what they talked about. Missy said, I just had a two hour conversation with her. And that's true don't know that she knew what the topic was and we have seen in survivor before people have a long apparently genuine conversation then turn around and vote them out i mean i was thinking of like second chances i think um uh, uh, Stephen and spencer that was one of the reasons spencer was able to blindside steven so easily well easily so so handily was they had had a, a big deep Personal conversation, at least from my recollection of that Mm -hmm. uh, time. And so it's certainly been used as a strategy before to make someone feel comfortable, but not like this. Right. There's a difference between sharing what your kids' names are and, you know, your favorite poet as opposed to what they were talking about.
1: And you do have to go back to the conversation that was had by production with the group. Mm -hmm. So, as, as much as everyone wants to kind of claim, and I say everyone, but, you know, the people that we've heard on social media say that they didn't really have all of the information and they didn't have all of the details. And I don't know how involved that conversation was that production had with the group, but everyone was aware of something. You know, if anything, they had to kind of walk away from that conversation with production, even if they didn't know what was going on. Somebody had to say to someone else, what is happening? What was that all about? If there was if they were unclear, because I don't think anyone playing this game would sit down and have a meeting with production and then just go, Okay, and, and not further discuss what had just transpired or try to understand it a little bit better. So I it was clearly a thing. It was out there in the in the, the world of, of Survivor that they were experiencing. So Lauren had and Lauren did in confessionals talk about Dan specifically and how, um, you know, she wasn't going to decide what was uncomfortable for someone or tell someone what they should feel is uncomfortable. So she was aware of it, too. And so, again, I don't did, did Missy divulge to her everything that, that she and Kelly had just shared. I don't know. But. I do think that, that Lauren is has to take some responsibility just for the acute awareness that she had of what was transpiring, although she might not have known exactly what was being talked about between Missy and Kelly. She was at least aware of the circumstances and what was happening.
0: Yeah, and I mean, on... The- Unfortunately or fortunately, we don't know what happened in those in in that group meeting, and you know i I do want to move on from the discussion of the women to you know we, we've already talked about how important it is, and you you know certainly have have done so i I want to make it clear that while they did some unacceptable things, we need to remember that Dan is the root cause of all the problems that happened.
1: Yes, yes.
0: And, you know, I I, I do think that Janet had Dan Pegg correctly in saying he was kind of guy who is more of a touchy feely person. But that's no excuse because he was told by several women to stop it. Yes. Mm -hmm. He may have believed he wasn't doing anything wrong, but he failed to understand that his feelings and beliefs are not the ones that matter. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah. I have a number of both male and female friends who span the gamut in terms of whether or not they're agreeable to being touched in some way. Uh some are extremely sensitive to even the slightest touch. Uh, there's one guy I know uh who you can't even, you know, uh put your hand on his shoulder. He will absolutely recoil. Um it, it, and it, you know that's their right. It is mm-hmm. their body, it is their personal space. And it is my job to know the difference when it, I mean, Jessica, when you and I see each other at know it all's trips, mm-hmm. you hug, yeah, heck, I hug your husband, too. Yes. Um, there's often lots of hugging at those events. But if you ever told me, David, I don't like to be hugged, you know what would happen? I would stop.
1: Right. And that's the way that you should respond, because like you said, this is not about what is comfortable for you as the I'm going to say, as the aggressor or as the person who is actually committing the the act mm-hmm. it's not up to you it's up to how the person who you are doing the act to responds and if right. the person is responding with don't do that stop it then that is when you take heed and you listen and you need to apply that across the board especially in a situation like survivor and i say that because you're all in very close quarters and you're you're living together and if you have one person who is saying you make me uncomfortable doing this then you should be mindful that that person is probably sharing those experiences maybe and you know again this is a difficult topic to share so maybe she's talking to other people but if anything you need to respect that person's boundaries and that person's desires Because then that's going to show what type of person you really are to not only that person, but potentially the group. Because if that person has said Dan is doing X, which we saw Kelly do, she did go and talk to other women about what was transpiring. If Dan changes his behavior, then that's going to make Dan appear to be someone who is understanding or someone who is willing to listen and not someone who is touching people inappropriately and you have to be mindful of where he's sleeping because he's going to put your hands on you you know it, it just the whole narrative about dan has become this is who he is because this is what he was doing and this is what he was continuing to do despite the fact that he was being told not to and despite the fact that, that people were discussing it and despite the fact that he had been given a warning and he's still trying to act as if he's shocked and and can't believe that this is what is the response and what he's being told it it, it, to me is, is really incredulous that he would, that he would continue to say, I don't, you know, when he sat in tribal council and, and yes, he attempted to apologize, but at that point it's, it's too late because you were told at the beginning of the game, don't do this. And he kept doing it.
0: Yeah. um, Yeah. I I have more thoughts on that also, but I, I did want to say, so, since I am not the type of person who is quite as, we'll call it protective of my personal space. I asked a friend of mine who is not a survivor watcher, but uh, she is an attorney and I I described what happened. And, you know, she said based on my description that what Dan was doing was absolutely over the line and Mm -hmm. harassment in her eyes. Uh, Yes. Even What some people said? Oh, really? Just touching her hair? Yes, just touching her hair. When she made the comment about washing it, it's still all about personal space.
1: Yes, if it's unwanted, then absolutely it is. It's that's what it can be equated to because it is unwanted touching, and and that's you know it's interesting that you did mention that you talked to an attorney friend about it. I mean, this is one of those situations where in my profession. When someone comes forth with an accusation or they they tell you something has happened, one of the first steps that we will take in this, you know, as a profession, as a lawyer, is what other information is available to us and what else do we know? And all of those things will be will be looked at and considered in determining what actually transpired, because. In the real world, there's not always cameras that follow people around 24-7 and we don't have producers that are watching everybody's move and can know exactly what happened and go back and, and find that particular scene on that reel of tape. So that's why all of these other elements become so significant of what other people have told you, what other people have witnessed, what other people have experienced in relationship to that one person. When you are kind of, making a determination as to what transpired here and i think in this situation even though there were cameras that could say yes this is when he touched her hair and this is when he was touching missy's toes and this is when he was putting his arm on them when they were sleeping so there was that video evidence if you will there were multiple people that had that sh- that same shared experience that i talked about and so this is a situation where all of that becomes very significant in in determining what is happening. All of that matters. And so it's not just one situation of where he touched someone's hair. This is a situation where there was multiple unwanted touching. And so, again, all of that is going to be looked at to determine what do we have here? And what we have here is someone who was doing things that were incredibly inappropriate.
0: So, yeah, I... I mean, what it all comes down to is that Dan needed to realize that his touches were unwanted and he should have stopped it. Kelly talked to him once. Lauren apparently talked to him as well. That should have been the end of it. hmm. But even at the second tribal council of the night, Dan still didn't seem to get it. Yeah. You know? and, and you mentioned his apology, you know, and I thought at first that his apology was decent. But then I realized he had too many qualifiers and excuses in there. He talked about, oh, I'm sorry if when I push past you in a challenge or Mm -hmm. when we're huddled up. But yeah, although that was part of it, those weren't really the problem situations. Yeah. You know, he was out on a beach with Kelly and was touching her hair. He was lying on the ground at the merge feast playing with Missy's toes. Now, he was drunk, but still, you know, Mm -hmm. that's not the point and it's not an excuse and it seemed like he was making too many of those and then on top of it to as an example he grabbed Nora in tribal council yes yeah
1: yeah and that that's the that's i what i think is is so disheartening about everything that we've seen is that when Dan had an opportunity to really genuinely try to say i'm sorry There were the qualifiers, and Mm -hmm. and he did continue to act as if he didn't know. And even though he said, "If I ever, if I ever made anybody feel uncomfortable, I'm sorry," but and if I ever did this, I I didn't mean to. But Mm -hmm. the qualifiers can't be present because what we talked about earlier was it's not about the aggressor. It's not about that person. It's about who's on the receiving end. And and he, it was like he continued to. To condone his own behavior, in a sense, because he was making excuses for it or justifying why it was okay, instead of just owning it and saying, this is how if I've made you feel this way, I shouldn't have. And it was wrong and I'm sorry. And instead, he was getting more upset with Jeff, who continued to bring it up and then, you know, to pile on to it, everything else that happened at the tribal council with Aaron, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, which was. Yeah. Which was troublesome as well. And, and so I, I, I do think that there was a lot of things that were said at that tribal council that certainly didn't help the situation, except Jamal. Jamal was incredible. Janet was incredible. So I do think that there were certain aspects of what happened where individuals present were trying to speak a truth and trying to create an understanding. And then there was a lot of a lot of other messages being said that were really distasteful.
0: Yeah. Now, I, I do want to talk about and you had mentioned the uh, producer group discussion with players. And uh, we know that happened. And in the Know It Alls podcast, Shannon said it's possible Dan at the time didn't know it was specifically about him and you know we we did see a statement saying he also got a separate conversation and a warning so it really shouldn't be an excuse for him but like we we're talking about it seemed like he just still didn't get it and and i have to wonder if they started with a group discussion in my experience group discussions are the worst way to tell anyone that they're doing anything bad because in almost every case i've seen or been involved in the person who actually needs to get the message doesn't realize it's about them. Mm. And for this reason, I never used them at work as the way to tell someone they're doing something wrong. It's usually the good people who wonder, oh, is he talking about me? But the ones you're really trying to get to through to are usually oblivious. I learned this very early in my career when we had a, a total screw up who started working there the same day as me and another person. And my boss didn't want to call the screw up out. So he'd have a meeting with all three of us. And, you know, two of us knew why. But then the screw up would walk out of the meeting thinking we had done something wrong and he was perfect. And I could easily see Dan being that screw up, you Mm -hmm. know. But even with that, I would think that the point would have been hammered home to him by then.
1: Yeah. And the fact that you've had multiple people say to you, stop touching me inappropriately. And then you've had this group discussion. Then you've had CBS producers pull you aside personally and talk to you one on one. And then you also have Janet like sitting on the beach with you saying that talk we had today. That was about you. So I don't know how much more clear it needed to be made for him to realize that this is what was transpiring. And you need to check yourself. You need to really look at what you're doing and reevaluate the situation. And what I find so. I I don't even know, like I like watching that transpire was was interesting because. Dan is being told that this is what is this is what's happening. You know, Janet presents this information to him and. And it's it's an opportunity right then and there for Dan to recognize what's happening. And he goes back to the people who are the who are he's being told, accusing him of these things. And they say, oh, no, that's not true. I don't know how he continues to then go. Oh, good. okay, because I couldn't believe it when Janet was telling me what Wait, what did did none of that just happen? You know, did right. I mean, you've been told by vulnerable people, producers pulled you aside. Janet now just talked to you. And because they're now sitting there lying to you, then you're going to say, oh, that's great, because I, I, I can't believe Janet's doing this. I can't believe she's like, what is like? I couldn't even fathom that that was the the, the thinking that was that was happening in that moment.
0: Yeah. Confirmation bias. You know, I really think yeah. that in his mind, he's thinking, I'm this way with everyone all the time in my normal day to day life. So therefore, anyone who has an issue is it with it, they're the ones with the problem.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And
0: so as many times as he was told it was he, he who had the problem, he was like, I-, I think he was just in denial. And then when he was told, oh, no, don't worry about it. Oh, well, I'm fine now.
1: Which is you reaffirming know. aggressive behavior that right. is
0: unacceptable. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, kind of to cap off this whole thing as if he didn't do enough damage to himself. Really, he finished off the, the first tribal council by making the snide remark about Kelly. Yeah. Put that torch down. Mm-hmm. At that point, you're just being an a-hole. Yeah. I mean, there's no excuse. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> All right. So, I think we'll, uh, we'll close the book for now on that. And, um, you know, I realize we've, we've spent a lot of time already, uh, darn near an hour, and haven't gotten to the rules yet. But there is another unrelated point I want to bring up, which certainly pales in comparison to what we've already discussed. But it is something we would normally talk about before the rules. And that is the Island of the Idols so-called lesson from this episode. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Rob wondered on know-it-alls if Jamal still would have gotten voted out if he hadn't gone to Island of the Idols. And we'll discuss that when we get to Rule 7. But for now, I I want to address the situation, not what Jamal did. Because till now, I've been pretty much on board with Island of the Idols. Uh, I thought it was fairly fun and amusing and, you know, wasn't a terrible thing. But this penalty on Jamal for doing nothing wrong was pure idiocy.
1: Yeah, every, it really
0: was. Yeah, Every Survivor player ever would have grabbed that note. It would It would be dumb not to. And we even saw how Karishma was upset that Jamal got to it before she did. Mm-hmm. And despite what Boston Rob and Sandra said, there certainly are free lunches on Survivor. Like oh, yes. Hidden immunity idols, uh, sometimes a merge feast, which is literally a free lunch. I mean, Chris, Chris and Rick, last season, got free idols handed to them
1: yeah in their bags right i mean yeah. come on
0: yeah so to say there's no such thing as a free lunch oh yeah there is
1: there and and that really was i just think it it didn't even like it didn't even look good either i mean like i know that sounds weird but it's like just random piece of paper like hanging in a tree <laughs> i mean like come on yeah. like at least if you're gonna try to be um Manipulative in that fashion, yes. If if anyone playing Survivor sees something hanging in a tree, they're going to take it down. And mm-hmm. they said to him, "As soon as you, as soon as you touched that, then you've been penalized." Well, why would he not? What is he just going to look at it and 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 study it, even though it's telling him, "Don't open me until you get to the island of the idols." I mean, the sure. whole thing was just ridiculous. And then to say, yeah, "There's no free lunches," is that is not true at all, at all, because that happens all the time on Survivor. So I, I don't like what they did to him in the slightest at all. I yeah, agree. It,
0: it reminds me of a situation. Uh, Jordan Kalish, host of uh, This Week in Survivor History, told me about a time he was playing uh, like Survivor New York. And the person running the game decided to simulate a medevac. By randomly selecting a player to just be removed. That's it. You're out. And it was Jordan. And he was pissed. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so. Mm-hmm. You know, now, this didn't go quite that far, but this is also real survivor. And, you know, it, we don't expect something like that. You know, it's it's idiotic to simply remove somebody's vote by random chance, just like the person who did that to Jordan, even though that wasn't real survivor. That was that was ridiculous.
1: Yeah, because at least the people who have been brought to the island of the idols thus far, though, I don't necessarily love a lot of what's transpiring there. They've been given an opportunity or a choice. Do you Mm -hmm. want to play this game? And it's a risk if you play this game and they either take the risk or they don't. And again, Janet is the one beautiful mind that we've seen go out there (laughs) who decided that it was not in her best interest to to play the game because she didn't want to lose her vote. Whereas Jamal wasn't even given an opportunity. He was just, that was it. And again, what survivor would not have taken that random piece of parchment hanging from a tree down at that moment, as soon as they saw it, because they never would have thought for a second, if I touch this, I'm going to lose my vote. So I, I really, I don't appreciate the way it was done. I, I, he should have been given an opportunity, just like everybody else who went out there had should have been given an opportunity. I mean, the, the manner in which they've been sending people to Island of the Idols is just by happenstance. Anyway, it's you, your name gets picked and you go. Mm-hmm. So this could have been the same thing. Oh, you took this off the tree. You get to go to the Island of the Idols now and just leave it at that right. and make him go through the same rigmarole everybody else does and play a game and take a chance if you want and do it that way. This instead was just you've immediately lost your vote too bad there are no free lunches in survivor would you like some right. watermelon because apparently we have a lot of it you know i mean it's yeah. one of those like it's really i mean come on i just that's don't right. Nora literally got a free lunch i i know so this is what i'm saying like it's 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 a joke to even say that that's not a thing in survivor because what have we been complaining about is that there really are too many free lunches in survivors yeah. sometimes you know like people should be more hungry people should have to earn things a little bit a little bit more, you know, there's, uh, there's way too many idols and there's advantages and all of this extra stuff being thrown at people. So I, I totally disliked the manner in which Island of the idols went down this week.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, on top of it, advantages on survivor are not handwritten in pencil. So, you know, they compounded the stupidity by giving Jamal a coloring book and telling him to reproduce the Mona Lisa.
1: Yes. And they're like, oh, you can do anything with that parchment. And you know what I thought about, too, when Rob was asking Jamal, have you ever seen a pencil on Survivor? And I had to go back because I'm sure we all remember the letter that was written by one particular Survivor and handed off to another Survivor. Remember Russell oh, Hans was given a letter? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was a pen involved, and I don't know where the pen came from, but we have seen a writing utensil or implement in previous survivors, and there was a letter on a piece of paper that was passed off to a member of another tribe. So I won't say any names because that was one of my winner picks, the one time he won and I was right, Ah. but that was it. So anyway, I'm just saying, we've seen pens before.
0: (laughs) Just throwing that out there. All right. All right, now we can proceed. With our, well, more of our usual programming. Um, The first step is to talk about our predictions, which were actually half decent. Um, I thought something would blow up with Dan, and it did, though certainly nobody expected what we got. Both of us predicted Kelly to go, though we thought she would be the second boot. Mm -hmm. We said Nora wouldn't be able to keep her mouth shut, which was certainly true, as she immediately fessed up to voting Jack and being told to vote Jack. Mm -hmm. even naming Kelly again, all as we figured. And we predicted the Dean would turn on Kelly if need be. And he did that even quicker than we expected.
1: Yeah. All of that happened. Yes. Yes. So, Mm
0: -hmm. you know, we at least did get some things right for a change. And now we get to the point where all this brings up the question of whether Kelly should have herself been able to foresee these results. And could Jamal have done anything to, stop himself from getting voted out. We've already been talking for quite some time now, but it's finally time to figure out why Kelly and Jamal lost. We will start with the first rule, which of course talks about the need to scheme and plot. Kelly certainly understood this rule and put it to quite a bit of use. She was constantly thinking about ways to move herself forward in the game and set herself up for later. We'll discuss more about whether it was always the right way or not when we get to the second rule which kind of is a hint but she was on top of things and even did some good acting jobs with fake tears back in the second episode and then in the way she pretended to be shocked at the Jack Tribal Council.
1: Yes, I do think that she was a very good actress in regards to certain parts of the game Um, you know, really trying to, you know, the Jack vote I think was an interesting one The, the shocked manner in which she saw that all transpiring. But I do think, and we'll discuss this later, that she could have handled that differently, I think, Mm. in in her in, in the manner that she wanted to play that. But I also think that Kelly was someone who was strategizing a lot. And Tommy pointed it out in this particular episode as well, that she's very well educated. She went to Harvard and she's really been downplaying that. And people don't realize just how smart she really is. And so I do think that she was doing a good job of kind of minimizing her threat level, but it, it she could only do it for so long. I think is really what it kind of uh, boiled down to because she was pushing the envelope as far as strategizing was concerned and really playing the game hard. And I think the Jack vote really kind of set that uh, really shined a light on it when she when she managed to pull that off.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned Tommy saying that and. You know, it was okay for Tommy to think that and know that when he was an ally. Right. When the merge hit and Kelly went to reconnect with those original tribe mates, she was surprised to find that alliances had changed. You know, Tommy and Lauren wanted her to jump into an alliance with some of the original Laro. Now, Kelly immediately realized this new Vokai plus two plan would theoretically hurt old Vokai by giving Mm -hmm. old Laro a numbers advantage. And, you know, she was smart to not want to jump into that.
1: She and forgot. she realized that, you know, that put her on the bottom of a nine. Right. You know, group nine person group of people that she and Janet were going to be at the bottom of. And that wasn't beneficial to her.
0: Exactly. But she forgot the Ghostbusters rule. Mm-hmm. Somebody asks you if you want to be in an alliance. You say yes. Yes. One hundred percent. You know, I, I know she thought she could trust her old allies, but by shutting them down and wanting to target one of their new allies, she put them on the defensive. and. Got out scheme.
1: Yeah. And that's, and Tommy immediately took from that that he wasn't being heard and that everything that he was presenting as an option was being shut down. So then, yes, he went back to the other people that he was attempting to create this group with and let them know that this is not working with, you know, Janet and Kelly. And, and I do think that just by her not listening to Tommy and not being willing to kind of play along in that moment, really did solidify in his mind that she's a lot more dangerous than we think because she's she's clearly thinking through the options because she was too. She was very vocal in that conversation that they were having on the path. She was telling him exactly why this wasn't a good idea and it really kind of talking through it. And maybe she should have just been listening a little bit more and then saying, Yeah, that sounds like a good idea and then process it with Janet later. I think that would have been much
0: smarter for her. Or even say, yes, I'm willing to do that. And then as time goes by, talk to Tommy and say, well, I was thinking about this. Now, how are we we going to ensure that the old Laro don't come after us? Right. You know, plant ideas in Tommy's head, get him thinking that way rather than just flat out saying no for this reason.
1: Yes. Yeah, I agree that that would have been a better play for her.
0: Now, as for Jamal, he wasn't quite as into the scheming and plotting as Kelly was. Uh, Of course, he had the King-Queen-Jack alliance early and multiple times thought he was in a great position uh, just before an ally had their torch snuffed. Um, But he was trying, but he just really wasn't succeeding from what we saw. As Jack said in his parade interview last week, uh, Janet, Jamal, Kelly and I were very, very close, though it seems like Kelly wasn't as close as we thought. And I think that describes a lot of what happened to Jamal along with Jack. Um, You know, then in the first episode this week, he thought he had brought everybody together to target Dan, you know, as we had talked about. But, well, we know how that went.
1: Mm-hmm. And I th- I do think that his presentation of the uh, Dan vote was interesting because when he was asked by Janet and he was also asked, someone else asked him as well. I don't know if it was. It was Nora. But every time he was asked, well, do we have the numbers? And he said yes. And I I thought it was interesting that he was he did. Yes, he he said they had the numbers. But when you really start looking at who he had, I, I wasn't even sure how he thought he had the numbers at that point in time. And maybe he just wanted to reaffirm to them that this is what we're doing and this is how the vote should go. And so by saying yes, he was making them feel like, "Okay, we're good we right. solid, but it, it didn't seem like it had been developed enough at that point to be so sure that, yes, this is what's happening. And and I, I just thought it was interesting that that there wasn't more working through that. You know, well, well this is who I've got on board, because I think sometimes maybe by dropping names, then you can further the conversation, because if he were to say, well, I talked to so and so. Maybe that person had a conversation with Janet or someone else and they could be like, well, wait a second. I talked to them, too. And this is what they told me. You can maybe flush out what other plans could be percolating instead of just saying yes. I don't know. I just feel like it kind of shut things down.
0: Well, I think that's because he believed everybody was going to be on board. And maybe that's what it was was or, or would be, you know, so no need if everybody's on board.
1: Right. And that's quite possible what his what his thinking was.
0: So, all right. Uh, The second rule says not to scheme and plot too much and not to backstab too soon. Uh, Both Kelly and Jamal had some symptoms of this, with Kelly being rather more advanced. Um, Mm. You know, we talked about this quite a bit last week. I don't want to rehash everything we went over Uh, at the time. It was predictions. Well, now it's come to pass. But giving Dean the idol to use to save himself and vote out Jack was as we said at the time, a big flashy move that was fun to watch on TV, but it wasn't a good move because it was too early. Mm -hmm. It caused too much chaos. It was backstabbing too soon.
1: Yes. And the other component of this, which I I had hinted at previously, was in the way that she ended up going about pulling this move off, she pulled Nora in and Mm. we heard Jamal talk about how that was a bad idea for, for Kelly to do because Nora completely threw her under the bus. And we were concerned that that's what Nora was going to do she could have still pulled off the Jack vote by doing one of two things she could have voted for Jack herself and then pretended she didn't and lied about it since she was going to lie about telling Nora to vote for Jack which is a really bad lie as far as i'm concerned mm-hmm. because i mean how are you going to it's her word now against mine as to whether or not i told her this that's that's a very tricky area to maneuver, whereas you could just say, I didn't vote for Jack and let everybody kind of guess and figure it out. So she could have done that. And then also she could have just let Dean vote for Jack. If 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 she knew everybody else was voting for Dean and he had an idol, if he had voted for Jack and played an idol. Then Jack goes home with one vote, which is crazy, but it happens and it can happen. So she could have actually just taken a chance and said, well, we'll see if Dean does the right thing. clearly Dean's not voting for himself. But she also, I think, wanted a second vote on Jack so he wouldn't turn on her. So then why doesn't she just put her vote on Jack and then pretend that she didn't? Since she likes to to she was planning online about it anyway. So I feel like that would have been a, a much better idea for her. She wouldn't have been thrown under the bus by Nora in two seconds.
0: Yeah. Involving anyone else is always what's the saying? Two people can keep a secret as long as one of them is dead. Mm -hmm. Um, You you know, involving anyone else is always going to be risky involving Nora. No one is thinking of Nora as a strategic super genius who's going to make this up. Yeah. She may be crazy, but she's not not in this way.
1: No, and she seems very like there's something about Nora that she just seems like she's a, just a, a forward, honest individual. Like she's right. going to tell you exactly what she's thinking and exactly how she's feeling because that's the way Nora is. And that's not a a bad thing at all because you know, where Nora is coming from for the most part, because she's she, yes, yeah, so she present herself in kind of a, there's, there's a lot going on with Nora, but I do like that moment at the fire when she was struggling with it and said, you know what? I, I love, I love you, Kelly, but it was Kelly. And, and it, mm-hmm. and I think that because Nora is the way that she is, that's a huge risk to be taking with someone like Nora. Whereas you have Dean, Dean didn't throw her under the bus. Dean didn't say anything because Dean's a different type of person. He's playing a different kind of game. Whereas Nora is very vocal and open about how she's feeling. And so someone like Nora is likely not going to lie for you in that situation when really. Push comes to shove. And also, Jamal had just played an idol for her. So and again, Kelly can't see that coming, doesn't know that that's going to happen. Right. But Nora's now put in the situation where she has to choose between these two people. And she chose Jamal.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned Dean and yeah, Kelly liked Dean. She wanted to work with Dean, but she didn't consider whether he would, in fact, work with her. Mm-hmm. And I got into some Twitter debates with people who said that, of course, Dean would be loyal to her. What other option did he have? Well, we found out. He had whatever option he wanted because he was absolutely on the bottom and would grab at anything. Right. And and so what happened was Kelly sold off a trusted ally who was also a connection to other allies, and she bought Dean in return. She should get a refund. Yeah. What happened was not exactly what we thought, but it was a close variant. And a big part of the reason Kelly got voted out was that her former allies lied to her and she believed them. If she still had Jack around, things would probably have been much different because Jack was a solid bridge to Tommy. Yes. And so either Tommy wouldn't have joined in on the plan to target Kelly or Kelly wouldn't have been so worried about the plan to join Nouveau-Kai or at the very least, she probably would have gotten some better information from Jack than she did anyone else.
1: Exactly. Because when Dean was presented with we're voting Kelly out, He struggled with, well, do I tell her she just saved me Mm -hmm. or, you know, how do I go about handling this? That wouldn't have been a conversation that I think Jack would have been struggling to have.
0: Right. You know, and I also it may not have been there might not have even been a conversation with Tommy and Kelly for her to tip off that she didn't want that. It might have been Tommy and Jack having that conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and so just everything would have been different and. You know, I I feel the need to repeat part of what we said last week, which was that Jack said in interviews, you should always play Survivor in stages and not too far in advance, which will always be his big critique of Kelly's move because she was so concerned about him at the end. But it should have been a step by step process that focused more about the here and now and making shorter term deals.
1: Yeah. Yep. Now, yeah.
0: Now, You know, as for Kelly's own thoughts, she ended her Ponderosa video by saying failing isn't that bad. So you might as well take risks. And I don't know if she was talking specifically about her survivor game, but it definitely seemed to go along with many of the things we just talked about. She took big risks, but because of her situation and the timing, they weren't good risks.
1: Yes. And it was too soon to be taking that type of a risk, Mm
0: -hmm. knowing
1: that the merge is on the horizon, knowing that at that point in time, the people that you have formed relationships with, is going to matter so much when you're coming together as a very large group. Who can you go to for allies? And Dean, like you said, was not, was not a certainty for her, even though she saved him. That was not a certainty. And yes, there is this idea that when you save someone with an idol, that person will be loyal to you. And I'm someone who can speak to that because Mm -hmm. that was what I experienced. And I felt, and I, I felt, a certain loyalty to David after that happened. But I also recognize why David did it to further his own game too. Whereas there was, there was really no rhyme or reason as to why she was saving Dean because she didn't need to. So it just turned into this move so she could use an idol, which we talked about last week. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately it had huge ramifications for her because she did not need him. She needed Jack.
0: Yeah. 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 Now, moving on to Jamal, I think we'll have a lot less to say about him here because he didn't have those same issues as as he just seemed to be a calmer player. Uh, You know, he, he did try to shift the target onto Dan back in the original Volkai days, which made Tommy worry that he at the time that he was coming on way too strong and it was a power move. And by trying to push his own agenda of who to vote out at the time, he did endanger himself. Yeah, It didn't come to pass back then, but that was something Dan never forgot. And when it was suggested to him by Janet that Jamal wanted to work with him now, Dan was having none of it.
1: Yeah. Well, and the other thing, too, that we have to remember is what we talked about with Molly and in her why she lost uh, was that threesome that was created, the trio. We know where her and Jamal and Jack, mm-hmm. and you've already mentioned, you know, the the king, queen and Jack. And that the perception that that provided to the group that there was a very strong trio and that these three people were working together put him in a bad place. And even though we heard Jack talk a lot about it and and Molly, how they didn't really think that this was this. They were just more friends and they really connected and got got along. We've we've discussed this perception as reality over and over and over again. And you've got three people who are Seemingly acting like they're a a force to be reckoned with because they're together and they're talking and they're hanging out a lot and they're trying to make decisions together. And that's three votes. And so that's a scary thing. And he was part of that mix. And so I think early on that caused problems for him because that's how he was seen by his tribe mates.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Well, before we go on to the rest of the rules, Uh, Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors if there are any for your area. If not, we'll be back even quicker. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com.
1: It's my little escape.
0: Now Judy's the life of the party.
1: Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon.
0: Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Ch-ch-chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're back. So let's go on to the third rule, which talks about being flexible. What do you think about our two players in this regard?
1: Well, I think clearly Kelly was very flexible. I mean, obviously, if she's willing to turn on someone like Jack, Mm -hmm. uh, she was not set on any one course. So I think that we definitely saw her willingness to consider various options, which is different than what we saw from Jamal, because I feel like Jamal was almost forced to have to do that because he was on the wrong side of the vote, like right off the bat. And really, I think, struggled a little more to find his place after that happened because he thought that he was in a good place and then he obviously wasn't. And then we saw the same thing happen just this past episode, you know, the Dan vote. So I think he was forced to have to try to find different avenues and different places to go. Whereas I think Kelly was just trying to do that herself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't disagree with any of that. I think that, uh, we did already talk about a situation when Kelly was not flexible enough. And that was when Tommy tried bringing her in and she said no. Yes. Uh, you know, she needed to find a way to make them believe she was with them and then take matters from there. Um, As far as Jamal, I would add, I, I don't think he was flexible enough when it came to the Dan situation. I mentioned already, you know, I, I, I know he wanted Dan out, but there was already a plan developing. And this is way back earlier in the game. Mm -hmm. and that plan would have kept Jamal safe and taken out someone else I just think he should have left it alone so as not to draw attention
1: you know and I think that's a good point because there was a plan in place that Missy's name was the one and we heard Kelly talk about this that we were voting for Missy and now there's this Dan plan being spun and yes sometimes it's well enough you know just leave it alone kind of thing if there's already a, a group decision and there's already someone who's who is the target that's shifting that can then shift the target back onto you, which is exactly what eventually happened, I think to Jamal. So that's, that's a really great point.
0: Yeah, I was, (laughs) I was mostly talking about it from the first time, but yes, for the second time, I mean, would it have mattered? Probably not. I, I feel like because, you know, the people who voted out Kelly had those votes, whether or not the whole Dan, Oh, sure. The the Dan versus Missy thing was happening. Um, But you're right. It could have drawn more attention to Jamal for the second vote of the night.
1: Mm -hmm. Although Janet seemed to be the one getting most of the heat for it. So
0: she did, but she didn't get the votes for it. Right. Right. So. All right. Fourth rule tells players not to let their emotions control them. And and I think both of the people we lost this week did well here. Uh, As mad as Kelly felt about Dan she still wanted to put him on the back burner and target Missy instead because she felt that was the better game move. Yes. She, you know, she even specifically said, I'm not going to make a game decision based on those feelings, which is yeah. exactly what we're looking for in this role.
1: Well, and Jamal said something similar too mm-hmm. when he was um, on the beach and he was talking to, I think it was Nora, and he was talking about how I've tried to keep emotion out of this game. I mean, he said it himself, that that's, he doesn't want it to be, a decision based upon emotion. So I think they both recognized this very well, that there are components to this game that need to be set aside. And they were both trying to set aside their emotions in the decisions that they were making. So I think they both did very well with this for sure.
0: Yeah. I do think he was talking to Nora about that. And then at another point, he said, Nora's a handful, but I'm not going to make an emotional vote. Yes. So he both said it to her and about her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I applaud both of them. Uh, For this rule. So the fifth rule discusses how players should pretend to be nice and play the social game. How do you think they both did here?
1: Well, I'm going to start with Jamal. I know we've been talking about Kelly first, but I want to talk about Jamal because I think we saw the most. Instances where Jamal was kind of ostracized for things that he was doing, and Kelly was one of those people that was pointing out. Mm -hmm. Uh, how he was speaking to her and he would, he was demeaning. And I, we saw the example with the fire where he wouldn't let her start the fire. And I think, I think it was Tommy that was suggesting that maybe Kelly start the fire. because She's really good at it, but I can't remember who exactly was, was suggesting it. But so there definitely seemed to be some, some social cues that I think Jamal was missing. In interactions with people, but I also have to commend him for revisiting a lot of those things and also reflecting on them and talking to people about it after it happened. So I think what we saw Jamal do was in the moment, kind of something transpired, but then later we did see him kind of learning from it. So I I think that uh, initially he he did have some some issues in in just playing that playing that that game with people and understanding how he was coming across in that moment. Um, as far as Kelly is concerned, I think that Kelly did a very good job early on, just kind of meshing and fitting in very well with everyone. And, um, and I don't think that I don't think that it was an issue for her either. Like playing the, like, I, I mean, I, I say either, I just talked about how it was an issue for Jamal, but I, <laughs> I think that that her issue came from the inability to do what others necessarily wanted, as opposed to what she wanted, if that makes sense. I don't know if that's if that comes into the social construct of this, but, you know, where you're you're having an opportunity to to rebuild those bonds, the conversation that she's having with Tommy. Like this is someone who was an ally of yours. This is someone you were playing the game with. And this is someone who's coming back to you and saying, Hey, you know, let's, let's keep doing this. Let's, let's revisit, let's work together again. And that in and of itself, even though it's strategy, it's also a moment to reconnect socially with someone and Mm -hmm. to, to actually play the game with them. But also, just be a friend and just be a connection and be someone that they feel like they can come to and have and have a comfortable relationship with them. So she was good, but also not good with it at the same time.
0: Yeah. Now, just to go back to something you said, uh, it was Jack, not Tommy, who talked about the fire. The fire. Tommy. OK. Tommy wasn't on his tribe yet. Yeah, so.
1: I can't. They've switched yeah. them so much. I I, I have know. lists and names and I can't keep track anymore. I just didn't want
0: you to, you know, get comments on Twitter. But, Thank uh, you.
1: Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. I'm sure there'll be plenty anyway. So, yeah.
0: Um, now I I do think that Jamal had like you said he had the issues. I, I think a couple you didn't mention. He was seen as being overconfident early, uh, in part through the nap time. Uh, oh yes, don't don't sleep on thirty nine, mm-hmm. and uh, not even bringing his bag to tribal council. Yeah, but you know, and you know, like you said, the issues with Kelly in the fire, Nora in the food, and it's unclear to me how serious any of those were. Uh, Because we also saw Jamal teaching Kelly to dance and opening up and sharing more. Um, But on the flip side, Kelly said that she thought Jamal was a tough person to work with, either socially or strategically. Mm -hmm. I I do think we need to recognize, of course, Jamal's teaching moment with Jack, um, because most people would not have handled that with such grace, especially inside the game. And, you know, he did a great job of taking an uncomfortable situation and turning it into both a a teaching moment, like I said, and a bonding moment.
1: Yes. And that's why I really think that we saw a lot of Jamal reflecting on things in a way that we don't usually get in the game of Survivor. And we've had a lot of moments where Jamal is explaining what we've seen this season, a lot of social issues that have that have risen to the, the surface. And Jamal seems to be like that voice that, we keep hearing and I think resonates with a lot of people with what he's saying. And so there is this ability that Jamal presented while he played the game, though he might've been coming across as, as a little bit harsh or aggressive, hard to get along with. But I do think that he's a reflective person and was able to process it much better than I think most people do when they play this game.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, we move on now to the sixth rule, which warns against being too much of a threat. And, you know, Kelly was definitely a big threat for all the reasons we discussed last week and already today. Uh, You know, for players like Lauren, Missy and Elizabeth, the idea that she could have a long heart to heart and then use it to come after Missy made her even more of a threat. If they had that in their mind, Uh, you know, in Tommy's apology tweets and you already referenced that Tommy said uh, something about how smart she was. And in his apology tweets, he said, I placed my vote on Kelly because she was a threat to win the game.
1: Mm -hmm. And he even said that at very early on in the two hour episode that she was a threat. So he referenced it specifically that she was a threat. And I do think that Kelly's ability to play the game in the way that she was, which I think Janet hit the nail on the head when she said it in tribal council when Jeff asked Kelly a question and she laughed instead of just giving an answer. And Janet said, she's always processing. You well, know, and, yeah. and, and, it, and, it, and I think that's what people were starting to recognize about Kelly is that she's one of those people that is just, she's thinking every possible angle. And if I go here, what's going to happen? And if I go there, this is going to happen. And she's, she's someone who processes things differently than, than so a lot of people are very linear. And I think she was much more, where can I go from here? In what direction mm-hmm. do I want to go? And I think that people started to notice that about her. And I think that conversation she had with Tommy really opened his eyes because I think that's what she was doing. She was working through the the situation and working through the options and explaining why this was a, was a bad idea. And he was very linear in his thinking. And no, we need to go this direction because we have the numbers. We have nine. And that was where he was focusing on. And she was like, but wait a second, you know, let's look at the big picture. And I I do think that that was becoming very, very apparent to everyone who was playing with her.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't think Jamal was seen as being as big a threat, in part because, well, his close allies had been picked off. Uh, Certainly, Dan saw him as a threat because Jamal had been targeting him. and, And, well, Jamal wasn't in the majority alliance plus, Jamal did do well in that strength challenge where they had to stand there and hold up the board. I, mm-hmm. I don't know what else to call it, except standing there and holding up a board.
1: I loved um, the challenges. I have to say. I'm gonna just throw that out there.
0: I could have used a little less of it. uh you know, I mean, how long do we need to see people stand there and hold up a board? but uh yeah, I mean, they were you know, at least uh, different, and uh, Jeff was getting his kicks as he was slowly lowering people into the ocean
1: yes i I really love endurance challenges. I think those are. Those are great things to, to watch. And I think it's a much it's just much better than puzzles. <laughs> you
0: know,
1: yeah. get a lot of puzzles. Let's do more endurance challenges. Just throw that out there.
0: Yeah. So anyway, you know, looking at that, people might have said, oh, you know, he was he was close there. Uh, we don't want that around anymore.
1: Well, and the other thing, too, is Jamal's a very he's a very well-spoken person. So could you imagine sitting next to him in a final three? He's someone who is very eloquent in the way that he presents thoughts and ideas. Mm -hmm. And I do think that that's something that people are mindful of when they are considering who am I sitting next to? And someone who can tell a good story, can explain things in such a fashion, is someone who can really kind of make you think. He's a very analytical person in in his thoughts and, and how he presents his ideas. I think he would have could have potentially been seen as a threat to be sitting next to in that final three scenario because of his ability to talk and justify things and respond to questions coming from the jury. So I think that maybe was something that was also a consideration here.
0: And it's possible because some people have been thinking that far ahead. Um, Yeah, He was in the minority of, of, of the alliances there, so might as well pick him off now. You know, and once again, Karishma makes it through because she was less of a threat, even though she was on the outside, too.
1: Yeah. Mm hmm.
0: So. All right. The seventh rule covers idols and advantages. And of course, both Kelly and Jamal had successes and disasters in this Mm, area. Yeah. Uh, Kelly started off well by returning from Island of the Idols with an idol hidden in her hair, something we'd never seen before. Uh, She did an excellent job convincing everyone that she didn't get anything. And later she found. Uh, two idols in quick succession
1: yeah yeah she was like the idol queen out there but then right. of
0: course well they... the idol finding or gaining queen gaining queen yeah the you know the the problems came in her use or lack of use exactly. of the latter idols you know we discussed at length last week that she shouldn't have used her temporary idol and seemed to do so just because it was expiring which is not a good reason this week she didn't use either of her two newly found idols when she did need to.
1: I know. I know. This it's it's really incredible that what we saw as she was laying on the hammock was this she mentioned it that Dan Dan seems too calm. Like Dan Dan mm-hmm. like I am sensing something. Like Dan doesn't seem like he's he's concerned. Like there's something about Dan that She was worried about if he's the vote, he's not he's certainly not acting like there's an issue or anything's wrong. That should have been like a red flag for her because it's not like her name hadn't come up. It's not like people hadn't been discussing various options. And she even said that she was a little bit concerned going into tribal council and wasn't sure if she should play an idol. I know that Lauren was giving her some comfort during tribal council, like telling her that, you know, we're okay. But if you're even checking at that point, like if you have to turn and look at Lauren and look for some type of validation that like you're, we're good. Yeah. We're okay. You have two idols play one. You got two. Yeah. I mean, this is this year. It's not like you aren't going to have another one uh, when you play one and no one is going to expect that you have another one in your bag. So I really think that that at that moment, she, she knew enough to question Lauren. She should have known enough to, play an idol.
0: Yeah. You know, I mean, some of the reason for not using the idol might be chalked up to her thinking everyone was on board voting out Dan. So, you know, this is where I think the overall Dan situation may have affected Kelly getting booted the most because it may have seemed so obvious that everyone was voting out Dan. So you don't need to use your idol. But you said it already. She was worried. She had something tickling the back of her head. Mm-hmm. You know, she she said in her Ponderosa video that she had a sense it could be her. Uh, but, you know, she talked to people that she trusted who turned out not to be trustworthy. And they said she was fine. It, but, yeah, you know, this rule says whatever you do, don't get voted out with an idol in your pocket. You may feel stupid if you use your idol and it wasn't necessary, but nowhere near as stupid as if you leave and take it with you as a souvenir. Well, multiply that times two now. Yeah. You know, plus we've seen this before. Kelly already had an advantage over everyone else in knowing how to look for idols. Yeah. So, you know, she might well have been able to find one again after using it. So why not use it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because then just go look for it again and know that you have one in your bag for next time. I mean, this is this is that idea of you can't play too far ahead. So why are you holding on to two idols? Yeah, you, know, right. you, you know it's one idol is going to take you another three days. The other idol is going to take you another three. So that's six more days. You, you that you know that mm-hmm. you've got that you can you can continue to play the game. Can't play the game if you're at Ponderosa. So I right. I think this was a a huge missed moment for her. Clearly, yeah. Yeah.
0: Now, as for Jamal, we discussed this a lot last week also, and concluded that Jamal did not make good use of his idol by playing it for Nora, even if he'd been correct in the way he played it it wouldn't have significantly improved his overall situation as he would have kept Nora, but lost Karishma. Yeah. And, you know, but if he had kept it and played it when he knew he was in danger, as in now, uh, he'd still be there and Karishma would be gone. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, it was great that he found it and he kept it so secret that even Jack didn't know about it. But the execution again, just wasn't there.
1: Yeah, yeah, the playing for Nora really didn't make a whole lot of sense, considering Nora sat there, and I know we talked about it previously, mm-hmm. but that she even talked about voting out Jamal herself, you know, that she had been targeting right. Jamal, so it, it did seem to be a very strange play on his part, and he was even sitting there going, huh, well that's interesting, you know, and, and didn't seem real pleased with, with the the fact that Nora was targeting him at one point, and then goes and plays an idol for her, so Why he needed to feel like he had to solidify that relationship by doing that, I don't know. I mean, it really it, it didn't make much sense. Obviously, Nora, when they came back, said, I owe it to Jamal. I'm going to tell you what happened. And so there was some reaffirming of that relationship there. But he's also voiced over and over and over again. You don't play this game with Nora. And so. It's such a strange thing to say and then to play an idol for her when that's what you're saying in all of your confessionals that she's not the person that you tie yourself to in this game. So, yeah, mis- misjudgment for sure.
0: Yeah. And then there's one more thing to talk about regarding uh, Jamal, and that's following up on his Island of the Idols visit. Because mm-hmm. you know earlier I mentioned the question of whether he would have still been around if he hadn't had to go. Uh, I think the answer is. No, he he wouldn't still have been around. That didn't really make that much of an impact. But as much as I hated the stupid penalty he got and the thought the idea of a blank piece of paper was ridiculous, it does seem like the target was already on him for reasons we've already discussed. But this didn't help matters. Uh, you know, he drew more of a target on himself by publicly giving the fake advantage to Dean. Yeah. And, you know, now here's where it gets difficult. It's hard to criticize him for what he chose to do with the pencil and paper because we don't know what he was allowed to do, you know. But frankly, I think he should have left the parchment blank and told everyone he got an extra vote, whether it was one to keep for himself or give to someone else. I mean, seriously, don't use the pencil. What do you need a pencil for? Right. I got an extra vote. Here it is. I am going to be putting this in the urn. Yeah. I would have thrown everyone into it, dizzy.
1: Right. And I think that that would have been a much better ploy because, I mean, they told him you can do whatever you want with it. I mean, he could have even just left it behind and said, you know what, I don't want to get involved in that. Right. I don't want to come back with anything. But then again, they might think he has an idol, which they thought anyway. And that's why they split the votes. They're like, well, if he has an idol and he plays it, that's fine. We're splitting the votes. So it's a situation that he. He did, I think, make worse by coming back with what he came back with. And then the presentation of it was odd because it was in front of everybody. And then there was that weird little like shuffle away that he did on the sand when he was leaving. And it was, if anyone's looking, I mean, he just looked like, like someone who had just done something wrong. <laughs> you know, when he was, <laughs> when he was leaving, it was like, all right, now I'm going to sneak on out of here. And yeah, look at me. Like you didn't just, you didn't just, You didn't just fake everybody out or trick everyone. They all were Mm -hmm. like, what is this all about? I mean, it just caused more questions than anything. So I do think it was it was poorly executed for sure. I mean, it was a bad idea for them to even present this to him, but he did not execute it well. Right.
0: All right. Time to move on to Appendix A, which is about the rest of the tribe keeping their end goals in mind when voting and whenever possible, voting out the weak, then the strong, then the weak, then the strong. At the merge, this appendix says, it's definitely time to vote off the strong who are not part of your alliance. And it notes that the strong can either be those who are literally physically strong or someone who can organize others. Well, Kelly was the latter. Jamal was the former, since neither of them were in the majority alliance. Mm -hmm. So, you know, another thing to take into consideration is something that Shannon said on Know-It-Alls, which was that Missy, Lauren, and Elaine cemented... Sorry, Missy Lori and Elizabeth, uh, wrong EL person there, uh, cemented Dan's loyalty by saving him. Yeah. You know, he, he will have a very hard time turning on any of them and they can drag him along as far as they'd like.
1: Yeah. Which is the unfortunate thing that we are
0: continuing
1: right. to see with this season. Even I, more I,
0: unfortunate than any of the other ones.
1: Oh, so much more unfortunate. But, the, it, you know, this this idea that, bringing people to the end that and that you know aren't going to win mm-hmm. or they have a a much they're going to have a much more difficult potential at winning but bringing them along is is what we are seeing happen now again
0: yes right right now i i do want to mention the odd vote split because we saw a discussion where You know, they said the split vote was supposedly the new Vokai women on Jamal guys on Karishma uh, with Karishma being told it will be Jamal. So he'd play an idol if he had one. And Tommy told Janet to vote Jamal. But then at the end, Karishma and Missy voted for Janet. And the only thing I can think is that because the new Vokai alliance plus others had such a majority. They split the vote three ways in case two of their targets both had idols. It, you know, it it wouldn't have fully worked if like if Janet, Jamal and Karishma all worked together. And both Jamal and Karishma were the ones who had idols and Jamal hadn't lost his vote. But it covered most cases, you know, by splitting the vote that way.
1: Yeah, it was a weird vote split for sure. And um, I mean, I was hoping that Janet was going to be able to. Make something else happen by playing her idol. <laughs> that mm-hmm. would have been that would have been Just, good to see. Yeah.
0: Just wasn't enough.
1: No, it certainly wasn't enough. It wasn't enough at all. Yeah. But also, I feel like in this situation, it this is one of those times where you know, for Janet to vote for Jamal, I understand that she wants to not have the vote on her, and they're telling mm-hmm. her that it's Jamal. But these are people that are also not in your corner. They're people that uh, are clearly ostracizing you there's been a lot of emotional things happening and and she felt like she was on the outs so this is one of the situations where i feel like if you know that you have an idol and you're going to be safe trying to make something else happen could have benefited janet if she wanted to try to throw the target on somebody else knowing that she has an idol and she's going to play for herself Getting Jamal and Karishma on board, maybe they could have made something happen if she had been able to spin things with her idol. But there was a lot happening for sure.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, Tommy came to her and they had kind of a personal conversation, Mm -hmm. you know, like, hey, it's always been the two of us type of thing. And I think she just wanted to do, do what Tommy wanted because she's hoping for the future. Yeah. And right now, that's all the hope she has. Mm -hmm. um so you know plus you know they probably didn't know it but jamal had no vote it would have been two against everybody
1: yeah and that's true too
0: so all right well with all that we've discussed i think it's time for some final thoughts so what are yours as far as kelly and jamal go?
1: well i do think that i'll start with kelly kelly Came into this game as being someone who was, I thought, going to be good to watch because she had a good spirit about her. She presented herself very well. And obviously we saw her maneuvering her way through this game with an ability to hide her intelligence. But then finally that kind of came to light and everybody saw just how smart she really was and how much of a strategic mind she had. She certainly played this game with a willingness to speak up and to have a voice, which I commend her for. And she also had a willingness to play this game for the game that it was. And so I commend her for that, too. She was putting emotion aside, trying to do what was best for her game to move it forward. She was willing to take risks, which unfortunately backfired for her in the jack vote. And I do think that she is a player that was fun to watch because she was willing to play this game full force, but also do it in a way that was still kind of in the shadows and in the background until it came to light when she came back at that merge and people really started talking about her and realizing just how her mind was working. So I do think that Kelly was someone who was playing a great game. She was she was playing this game the way that she wanted to play this game coming into it. And I think unfortunately for Kelly, we talked about it before, that that one idol burned a hole in her pocket and she wanted to play it I think that kind of sent her game in a direction that she didn't want it to go she had two more idols that could have saved her and unfortunately she got comfortable with people that she should not have been comfortable with who were assuring her that she was fine and unfortunately for Kelly she ended up I think getting too comfortable in that moment and didn't play her idol but Overall, I think Kelly's game really was a reflection of, of who she is as a person. I think she was willing to go out there and, and push and really play hard. And unfortunately, she made some mis, misguided judgments along the way and caused her to be voted out of the game. As far as Jamal, uh, I'm sorry that your winner pick is no longer in the game, but my winner pick went home a long time ago. My winner pick was, was the queen to his king, if you will. And it's unfortunate that now they are the Queen, King and Jack are now all out of the game together. But Jamal was someone who I do think came into this game. Also a very well-spoken player, someone who wanted to play the game in a way that would be, I think, memorable. And I think he's done that. I think that Jamal represented himself well. I think that Jamal went out there and formed relationships with people. But I also think that he presented Voice for a tribe, and I I really think that that's what I'm going to remember the most about Jamal's game is just how he how he spoke to the tribe and how he spoke about the tribe and how he spoke about a lot of the social issues that we saw. His gameplay was one that uh, was he struggled obviously because he was unable to form long lasting bonds because people that he was forming those bonds with kept getting voted out, which was certainly problematic to his game. He attempted to form new relationships with people. And he seemed to be successful in that. But unfortunately, he continued to be on the wrong side of the vote and continued to find himself kind of struggling to find his place. At the beginning, he thought he was safe. He napped. He was sleeping. People commented. And I think that kind of that kind of resonated with his game all the way through is he really couldn't get himself out of that rut that he found himself in at the beginning, even though he was trying to do so. Unfortunately, he was never able to get himself back into the majority. And unfortunately for Jamal, he was one of the options left of that minority group. And he misplayed an idol, couldn't save himself, and unfortunately is no longer in the game.
0: Yeah. In in Jamal's Ponderosa video, Kelly said that she, Jamal and Jack were, quote, out of the game because of what I did when we could have gone a lot further. It was a very succinct and accurate statement, and I can't disagree with it. Things would have been much different if it hadn't been for that decision. We predicted last week that Kelly's big move would result in serious damage to her game. This may be our most accurate prediction ever, though frankly, I thought it was fairly apparent. Jack was not just an ally, but he had his own connections on the other tribe. While those connections may have worried Kelly, She really could have used them to either keep herself safe or at least to perhaps be warned about what was going to happen. Without Jack, and with her own rejection of an alliance offer from her old allies because she didn't like the extra baggage they were bringing along, Kelly made herself a target. As the old saying goes, if you're not with us, you're against us, and she made it clear she wasn't with them. Jamal similarly had made it clear he wasn't with Dan earlier in the game. And whatever else Dan might have forgotten between that point and the merge, he certainly remembered that and rejected the offer that came in via Janet. Once the attempted unanimous vote against Dan failed, Jamal was left hanging with only Janet and Karishma for company. In both cases, misplayed idols were a key factor as well. No matter what other strategic mistakes they made, both of them could have saved themselves. Jamal played his idol unnecessarily the prior week, when he could have used it to save himself when he actually needed it. Kelly had two idols in her pockets and didn't play either. We've seen many players overcome strategic errors due to idols, and some have even won in part because of it. An idol is a powerful tool if played correctly, but part of this game is knowing when and how to play it. These two lost the power of majority behind them, but they did have the power of an idol. Unfortunately, one didn't use that power at all, while the other didn't use it correctly. And that is why Kelly and Jamal lost. All right. That was um, draining. That was a lot. (laughs) That was a lot. And um, next week, we will once again be saying goodbye to two players, though hopefully there won't be as much non-game-related activity to discuss. Mm -hmm. In any case, it seems from the preview that both will be voted out in the same tribal council though I don't know if that means there will be one vote and the top two will go or if they're going to be two separate votes. I hope it's the latter, but fear it's the former. And the reason I fear it is because making it the top two vote getters means you need to have a big alliance all planning on exactly how to vote to ensure everyone's safety. Right. That will encourage new Vokai to stick together and vote out Janet and Karishma which is not only boring, but also would send the hero Janet to Ponderosa, which I think, you know, most viewers are currently rooting for her to win the game. Mm-hmm. It would basically leave us with a tribe of villains. If they vote twice, well, then there could more easily be a splitting of that big alliance because, uh, you know, some people could work together twice to target people. For example, Aaron and Missy could pull something because, well, we know that's like that's what they like to do. They like to pull things. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I suspect, as I said, that the two at once vote is what's going to happen. And that means saying goodbye to Janet and Karishma. And then we'll all be sad.
1: Yeah. And I have to agree with that wholeheartedly. I'm I'm very, very much not looking forward to Wednesday's episode uh, just because I do think that we are going to be saying goodbye to Janet. And I think that that's going to be very unfair to Janet. I do, I really do. And I apologize if I'm if I'm a little like saddened right now, but I am. I'm saddened. Yeah. Because that's no, I, mean, I I think that she has she became a target for,
0: for doing completely
1: the right thing. Yeah, for doing the right thing. She became a target. And I think that's incredibly unfortunate. It's unfair. See, give her a million dollars because
0: she just <laughs> she just deserves millions. It. A lot, uh, just say it. A million's a lot.
1: Well, yeah, but you know what? I mean, come on. So I I yeah. I agree with that assessment. If that's the way that the vote is going to go down, but I mean, also we have to think about there are two immunity necklaces that were shown in the preview as well, which means two people are it appears are getting immunity.
0: Ah, yes.
1: So I I don't see Karishma winning immunity. If it's a swimming challenge, maybe we've got a hope for Janet. But, you know, that is something else that could potentially change things. But I don't think that it's very likely that it would be Janet or Karishma that would be winning immunity. So I I have to agree with your assessment there. I, it will be it will be a very sad, sad uh, episode if if we see Janet leave.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, on that, uh, you know, we we opened sad. We ended sad. Um as we wrap up, I want to encourage people to check out the RHAP patron program by heading to robhasawebsite.com slash patron. Rob does, you know, many special things for patrons, including special podcasts, first access to live show tickets, plus discounts and much more. He also has Facebook groups where you'll find a great community of people you can talk to about survivor, big brother, et cetera. And believe me when I say there has been a lot of good respectful discussion about this past episode there
1: Mm -hmm. i mean
0: on regular facebook on survivor facebook on twitter probably on instagram it's been all hell breaking loose it's been brutal yeah not a word that i would use on the rob has a, a, a podcast rob has a website uh patron groups it has been it's been very respectful very thoughtful and so to me, that's a reason, you know, to become a patron in and of itself. Um, so if you do, you know, want to join this community, go to Rob dot com slash patron. And of course, once you get to the groups, say hello to us.
1: Yeah. And it really is a great group of people who care deeply about not only Survivor, but a lot of other reality TV shows and, and a lot of things that that Rob uh, does podcasts about, and if you do want to be involved in true discussion and not just random comments about people or things, uh, this is the group to join because it really is a discussion and it's just an incredible group of individuals that really love Survivor and really love these programs and want to discuss it. And have meaningful discussion. So it's a great group of people. And yes, and and I need to spend more time there. But I do read a lot of what's written <laughs> because I'm always curious as to what is what's happening. So please say hi to us there. And also say hi to us on Twitter if you want to follow us. I at Jessica Lewis, 89 and David Bloomberg is at David Bloomberg. Follow us both to get both sides of the story. Uh, we live tweet, as you've seen throughout. If you follow us already, you would know. But we do live tweet during the episode, and uh, there's a lot of discussion going on there. And you should get involved. So follow us. I'm Lewis 89 at David Bloomberg. And again, follow us both. And uh, just, you know, it's fun. You can say hi to us. And and also, when you are, if you follow us at all and you're interested in contacting me through DM for a different reason, right, David? They could do it Mm -hmm. that way, too.
0: Yes, yes. And uh, yeah, we, we didn't mention it earlier in the podcast this week, but do remember that you can get an Eric Reichenbach drawn full color poster depicting the rules we just discussed by going to tinyurl.com slash davidrulesposter. With the holidays coming up quickly, you can get it for yourself or as a gift for that special Survivor fan in your life. If, if you're outside the U.S., that's what uh, Jessica was hinting about for DMing. Let her know and she'll work out the details with you because we've had orders from all around the globe. Again, that's tinyurl.com/slash David Rules post.
1: Yes, and I will certainly get to uh get it to you however you know I I need to, but it, the shipping will be a little bit more expensive, but we'll work out the details so you can contact right. me by DMing me. Yes.
0: So now we need a hashtag and um uh ah, last week we used idle burn because uh they were the idol was burning a hole in Kelly's pocket. hmm This time uh I think that uh, we had some people who were burned by an idol, or in some cases, two idols. So I'm thinking, let's make a sequel, Idol Burn Two.
1: Sure, we could do that.
0: Okay, that's the hashtag idol burn Idleburn2. and of course, the uh, hashtag for this podcast overall is YXLost. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to all of the RHAP Survivor podcasts at robhasapodcast.com/survivor or on your favorite podcatcher. We are also on the reality TV HAP ups feed. In both places, you can find great content like the know it Alls, the Wiggle Room, the B&B, and much more. Uh, You know, there's been a lot of different people discussing this particular episode. Um, You know, uh, we had Shannon and Rob talk about it right after it happened. Uh, Kelly Wentworth was on with Rob uh, for the recap show. I know Rob is talking to his wife, Nicole, uh, and several other people in the uh, feedback or voicemail show. So there's a a lot of different ways you can hear about this. And hopefully uh, we contributed uh, some uh, thought provoking discussion ourselves.
1: Yeah. And we appreciate you hanging in there for like two hours, listening to all of this. David and I didn't want to brush past this and nobody should. This is a very serious issue. And it's one that obviously has caused quite a response a visceral response from the survivor community, and it's one that deserves all of the attention that it's getting. So if you are able to listen to these podcasts, listen to them, get involved in the discussion, and thank you for listening to us. And hopefully we can help heal some of what has transpired, but we're just one small little podcast, and I think that's why listening to as many voices speak about this as possible can only help improve what we all watch transpire.
0: Yes. So thanks to Scott St. Pierre, who does the editing on all the Y blank loss podcasts. Thanks as always to will for America for the theme song. Thanks to all our listeners, uh, especially those of you who reached out about this week's survivor episodes, shared your thoughts and feelings about what happened. And of course, thank you, Jessica, for your always great insights, but especially in this particularly difficult podcast.
1: Well, thank you, David. I know that this was a, a different A different presentation than we usually provide. But yes, this was uh, needed to be done and we got through it. And so thank you. And thank you to everyone who listened. And hopefully next week we will have a different podcast to present. But I don't know if we'll feel much better. I don't
0: know. I really don't know. Hopefully we'll be wrong in our predictions.
1: Yes, that would would be great if we were wrong in our predictions.
0: All right. So we will uh, see everyone back here in one week. We'll talk to you then. Bye. If you lost Survivor and you're feeling down David and Jessica will turn it around They'll break down the rules and we will show you how You played yourself and got
1: voted out This is why Blank Lost
0: And This is why Blank Lost Ooh, Baby, this is why Blank Lost